Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What up, Sea of Red? You're listening to Into the Flames, a Calgary Flames fan podcast. Your home for all things Flames and updates around the NHL. With your hosts, Raja Burry and Noah Eppleston. Into the Flames, new episodes every Sunday. Looking at the tweets from Morning Skate, Solemn Volge is straight up talking about how Brad went down to the bench. Yeah, and, and he's been chatting with players for like 10 minutes. Yeah, like more than that. He said specifically one-on-one with guys like Coleman, Vladar, Uyghur, and then Wolf and Coronado. I don't know how to assess that because hmm. – And why those guys specifically? I understand Wolf and Coronado. Those are guys that are making their debuts. But Vladar, Coleman, and Uyghur, like in specifics? You could – I I mean – I kind of understand Vladar. Like, Wolf is getting ready for the NHL, right? Like, yeah. if he – maybe it's a conversation about Vladar not being here next year and Wolf being Marky's backup come next season. Could it be something along those lines? Um, it's all speculation, right? But who who knows? I mean, it's weird that, that – yeah, and especially Uyghur is a weird one to me. You look at a tweet like that, there's no reason for you to read into any specifics because it's like, all right, like – he was just on the bench talking to players. But then it's like, why those three specifically that aren't the guys making their debut? Like, I, the, to me, that's kind of weird to just, like, point that out. Coleman, maybe because he's, like, he's a leader, right? He's part of the leadership group. That's strange. Derek Wills tweeted saying that Dustin Wolf is a native of Gilroy, California, about 30-minute drive from San Jose. So he's going to be making his NHL debut against his hometown-ish team tonight. Dustin Wolf and Matt Coronado, we're going to get them in the lineup tonight. I am, I'm incredibly excited to see Dustin Wolf play um, in his first NHL game. Uh, we, we've seen him up with the big club before, but he's just been in, in a backup role. I think it's been twice. Um, but yeah, no, he, he gets the nod tonight. And uh, just right before the Wranglers are about to go on a, on a Calder Cup run. And... I'm really excited to see what he can do in between the pipes tonight, especially against a, a younger, not as skilled Sharks team, right? I think it's the perfect team for him to make his debut against. Let's just run through the lines real quick. So we've got Dubé, Lindholm, and Toffoli, who've been together pretty much all year. Huberto, Backlund, Manjapani, Palce, Kadri, Coronado, and Lucic, Lewis, and Coleman. That's your forward group tonight. On defense, Hannafin Anderson, Zadorov, Uyghur, Stetcher, and Stone. 
So that means Ruzichka, Duper, Richie up front are not dressed tonight and no Tanev. And I'm pretty sure Tanev is still banged up. The only reason he oh, played yeah. is we are in a playoff race. So, Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, my only thing is I, I would have liked to see Dewar get in tonight, um, especially with how well he played down the stretch here. I mean, uh, it's weird. Like, I want to know what Adam Ruzicka did to piss off the organization. The guy has one of the craziest stories from an individual performance standpoint that we've seen this year. Huberto goes down with an injury. He goes up and plays with Lindholm and Tavoli. And for throughout November and December, he led the team in points per games played. And then just out of nowhere, goes from top line left wing to back to 4C, never really established himself at 4C of being effective. And then he's just been in the doghouse ever since. And now it's the last game of the year and the guy isn't dressed and he's on a one way next year. Mm -hmm. Like, like does, does he request a trade this summer? If Daryl's still head coach, like genuine question, because what the hell? Well, did you see what, uh, what Ryan Leslie tweeted? Um, just following the, the loss to, um, our last loss to Nashville. And he expects this to be an even crazier summer than last year is, is his expectation. Exact, exact revamp, baby. Which I don't know how you're going to make it more crazy than last year, but if it is, there's going to be some big changes coming to this team. Uh, Let's just put it this way. 2022 was the player personnel revamp. 2023 is the exact revamp. Frank Saravalli, and whether you like him or not, right, he has been talking about changes coming, and then he never specifies what the changes are. He just says, I know something's happening. And then, like, yesterday he was like, there is a 0% chance that both the coach and GM are going to be back next year. Yeah. So I guess let's get into that a little bit, just because obviously – it's kind of a giddy sort of vibe, this recording. It's a little too giddy considering that our team missed the playoffs and we should be, you know, wallowing in our sorrow. But we're so easy to please. We see Coronado and Wolf in the lineup and we're smiling like Cheshire cats. Um, <laughs> so since January, we've been hearing a bunch of shit. Basically, there have always been headlines and I don't know how much of them are clickbait coming out like, oh, like the guys maybe aren't liking what Daryl's saying. And it started with the Huberto taking a shit comment. And then it ratcheted when Peltier made his debut and Daryl was like, oh yeah, what number is he again? Um, And then like around March, like late March, Elliot Friedman name dropped Nazem Kadri after (laughs) he got demoted to the third line. And he just hasn't left the third line since. Right? Yeah. And, like, let's get into this. Like, if there is friction, like, we, it's expected. I mean, I'm assuming that there is. Why would we be, like, it's been a topic conversation for five months now. It has been. Friction Um, between coach, GM, and players and coach. And then Brad's on the bench today for, like, ten minutes talking. Like, what? I Like, okay. Like, is everyone going to go? Are we just going to see a full exec revamp? Like Sutter gone, Tree gone? With Tre living on the bench, do you think that means that he's gone? Or is that him? Is that like kind of a sign that the coach is gone maybe? And he's talking to the players. Um, 
trying to figure out like what the next step is for a bench boss come next season. And that's what I'm, I was talking to a few people when like this, these tweets came out and they were like, Oh yeah. So he's probably just saying goodbye. I'm like, yeah. Or, or he's asking, what do we need for next year? Mm-hmm. Um, like you could, it's completely fair to assess it in both ways. My thing with it is like, okay, let's say you bring Brad back, right? Daryl gets let go, right? That's Brad's sixth head coach. Yeah. Whoever brought in, that's his sixth coach in nine years. At what point is it not the coach's fault anymore, right? And I, I mean, we've seen a lot of Brad, and in my personal opinion, we've seen enough of Brad. I mean... It's been the same carousel year in and year out. I think it needs to be a whole revamp. I don't see the organization going that way, though. I see Brad re-upping here, and we go with a new coach next year. It is kind of what I'm leading, especially after the shootout with Nick Ritchie shooting and, and all that, which absolutely set the city ablaze, and everybody was coming for Daryl's head. Um, see, like we could talk about that later, but yeah, because um, <laughs> that's something to get into. But um, yeah, I I I don't know where you go from here. You need to. It needs to be personnel change for sure. Executive personnel change. Um, ownership, GM, coaches, everything needs a revamp here. Player personnel is taken care of. You still need to do some work on that side too. So I think seeing Tre living on the bench today might have been something that's looking at what the players want for next year, what they're looking for from this team, and just what they're trying to get out of playing like hockey in Calgary here. Daryl Sutter is the best coach our organization has ever had. So naturally, you kind of just want to be on his side, right? Mm-hmm. But this year, like, man, it's the Jack Adams curse. What the hell? Like, seriously, I don't know how I'm going to phrase this, but, like, you absolutely cannot run it back with a true living Daryl duo. I'm sorry. That would make my blood boil because when you miss the playoffs, no one is safe from slander. No one. And we defended Daryl almost all year because of the underlyings. We're big analytics guys, so I'm like, okay, analytically, the team isn't playing in a way that you expect them to lose every night. From an X's and O's standpoint, but then you look at the shooting percentage and then you look at goaltending and then you look at the headlines coming out like, oh, there's dysfunction in the organization from top to bottom. Only way to resolve that, completely revamp. If one of Daryl, if Daryl stays and we bring in a new GM, okay, but you can't convince me then that results are going to change next year from the way that they're playing on the ice. You just can't convince me. No. If True Living stays, a new head coach comes in. Again, I'm not entirely certain that there is a plan in place. The entire makeup of this group this year was based off of a reaction. Like we built a team based off of reaction <clears throat> rather than planning. And that's that's always what's happened in, in Brad's tenure, right? Is there's no set focused like future plan with him everything seems to be reactionary we fill the gaps where we need to fill the gaps and we hope that it's good enough 
that's that's kind of Brad's memo, it seems like. And my big thing with Daryl, um, it really comes down to Kadri, right? I mean, the guy's making $7 million a year. And after those comments from, uh, from Friedman, Kadri stopped playing. He stopped playing for the team. He got lazy. He didn't care about his own end. He only wanted to play offense. He never passed the puck. He just wanted to skate around and do his own thing. And he, quite frankly, did not care at all, which I think is a huge problem. And I think that Daryl mostly is responsible for that. And Kadri definitely feels that Daryl's responsible for that. So that, and you can't have a $7 million guy out there just skating around for shits and giggles. It, it doesn't work like that. So something needs to get figured out on that end. And I think that's a big reason why Daryl is not going to be back here next year. All this time throughout the year when you were like, well, analytically, they're not playing bad. I, I, I was also still in the mindset that we weren't going to miss the playoffs. I was like, there's no way that we're going to miss. Man, like, I don't know. I'm on I'm on team full revamp, even though I know that that's probably not what's going to happen. Elliot Friedman is coming out and name dropping guys. I'm sorry, that's not speculation. I feel like that's like if in order for that to be a hot topic on 32 thoughts and Elliot Friedman goes out of his way to make a point of, oh, yeah, Nazem Kadri. Hey, there's there's something there. And then you watch that Chicago game. Dear Lord in heavens, what? Was mm-hmm. that like they're not playing for each other? They always say, like, oh, like usually when a team misses the playoffs, what have we heard? You know, last few games here, we're just gonna, you know, play for play for each other and you know, we've got a job to do and all the, you know, like the media just you know, copy and paste what you wanna what you wanna say for the final game. But um it's so dysfunctional, top to bottom, and I don't know. In my opinion, I think Daryl lost the room right around the All-Star break. Um, nothing was really reported on it around then, or maybe the fan, like the fan base I know didn't feel it, but I think Daryl lost the room right around the All-Star break, and players just started playing for themselves. And, and look at where it got you. I mean, three losses to Chicago, losses to Montreal, a loss to Columbus, um, Arizona. Those are games that you have to win in this league. Those are, and the Flames didn't show up for them. They thought they had a free pass and they lost to multiple, multiple way worse teams than them. Like you brought up the shootout and like, okay, <laughs> that was absolutely absurd. Like, imagine being Tyler Toffoli sitting on the bench. Like, wait, what? What, what? A chance to, like, the guy that has, what, 35 goals this year and a chance to keep your <clears throat> team in the playoff race and you have to keep your ass plopped on the bench? And, okay, in my personal opinion, I was so heated watching that shootout. The second I saw Nick Ritchie come on the ice, and it's nothing against Nick Ritchie, but why in the hell are you using Nick Ritchie as your third shooter? Um, And... That that shootout, <clears throat> specifically Richie and then Backlund, who has scored one shootout goal in his whole career. But I'm not going to sit and talk about Backlund right now because Backlund has been unbelievable this year and he deserves the world. But, okay, 
was that not comparable in terms of absurd decision making from watching Cam Talbot get pulled for David Riddick in game six mm-hmm. double by Jeff Ward? Was that not mm-hmm. identical to you? It was, yeah, it was very close to that. It boiled my blood to that level, whether it was identical or not. That's something I'm never going to forget. That mm-hmm. that that one decision, it doesn't highlight the season, but it's something I'm not going to forget. What highlights the season is you go 2-6-5 and five against teams like Chicago, Vancouver, Columbus, Detroit, Arizona, and Montreal. That's what highlights your season. As much as... The Nick Ritchie shootout attempt was absurd and completely out of pocket. And there were so many better people to take that shot. Going 2-6-5 and five against those teams is the reason that you missed the playoffs. We're the third team in NHL history to suffer 31-goal losses in a season. <laughs> what the hell? The 17 <laughs> overtime losses? New franchise record, baby. If we lose in overtime tonight, we tie the season, the all-time NHL season record for most overtime losses. Overtime shootout losses. 18. Yeah. I... Oh, God. Hey, this team's record-breaking, Raja. Oh, dude. Like, <laughs> literally record-breaking. Like, look at the individual stats. Poor Huberto is the largest point drop in... History, <laughs> please put up three points tonight for the love of God. I do not want you holding that record. Oh my God. This is three points. It's all about one game. Just go off. Okay. One game. The, one team's, game. the team's record breaking. That's all I can say. It's so depressing. I like, it's weird because like, I'm in such a good mood right now because of the lines that I'm both mad with a smile on my face. I know. Like I know, and, and that's totally that's totally Brad's thought behind this too, right? Like, oh no, we missed the playoffs. One one last game. How can I uh, suck the fan base back in? Oh, I know. Let court the guy who's been talked about for the last month play and bring up Wolf. Why not the guy who has absolutely insane numbers in the A right now? By the way, only nine regulation losses for Wolf this year in the AHL. Almost as many shutouts as regulation losses. Yeah, seven shutouts. That's wild. Like, man, I don't know. Just the team underlying me, we're going to say it again because people clearly did not. I get that some people don't care about analytics, but we don't have an analytics department and it shows. That's all I'm saying. Um, the team was great five on five all year. And in hindsight, you almost made the playoffs after losing your two star players and Huberto being a shell of himself and Kadri being a shell of himself and Markstrom being a shell of himself, the whole group being dysfunctional, not playing for each other, headlines, all that sort of thing. You're still likely finishing. What is it like three to five points out of a spot? I'm not trying to wrap it up with a bow and saying that this season wasn't disappointing because I am heated that we're not in a playoff spot and that this season went to waste. Like, this was supposed to be the best year with all these guys locked up to all this term. You win half of your overtime games, man. Half. You're in a playoff spot right now. Like, we're not sitting here having this conversation like, oh, no, what's going to happen? Exact revamp. All that sort of shit. 
fact of the matter is this organization has zero clue what it's doing. Mm-hmm. Zero clue. You can't sell me on Tree Living staying as general manager, and you can't sell me on the duo of Tree Living and Sutter coming back next year with this group. You can't. So no. either completely tear it down or slightly tear it down and move forward with some actual decision-making because you have seven unrestricted free agents coming up at the end of 2024. I expect every single one of those guys to be dealt with by August. Is that too much to ask? Apparently it is because what's going to happen? It, it probably will be. Watch them walk. That's what's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. Um, you, you got it figured out already. Yeah. We, we've got to figure it out though. Like we need, oh, we need something to like, man, Ken King used to be that guy where he would come out and he'd be the middleman communicator between ownership and, and the fan base. And right now our owner is in Switzerland, um, sitting on his plated toilet and we're sitting here panicking like Tom and Jerry, but we're both Jerry. Like, yeah. Pretty much. You brought up the the overtime losses and shootout losses. I just – almost 20 overtime or shootout losses? Are you kidding me? Do you know how crazy that is? Uh, the, no, like, dude, the, nothing about this season was normal. Nothing. Nothing. Almost a quarter of your games you lost in an overtime or a shootout. 31 goal games. 30. I'm I'm just exhausted. <laughs> like I am so happy this season is over. Like just give me a summer of actual planning. Even if True Living stays on board, just give me a blueprint for what he's thinking instead of year by mm-hmm. year sitting questioning what are we gonna do and are we <sighs> especially after especially after last offseason. You need a vision now. If if he's staying here and he wants to take this team somewhere, you need to lay out a vision for yourself, a five-year plan. What does this team look like in five years? I don't give a shit what it looks like next year. Yeah. What does this team look like in five years, Brad? Because if you can't give me that, then you're not the guy for the job here in Calgary. Can anyone give us that? I don't know. There's just zero, zero direction, and you need a plan. And these exit meetings, oh, my God, must watch. I can't wait. Must watch, watch TV. Watch TV. Yep. Can't kill my high. Matthew Coronado and Dustin Wolf are debuting tonight. But I, dude, like, seriously, we can talk about, we could legitimately make an episode, a straight up town hall type episode where we just air our grievances on what happened this season and go from there because it's, that would be a doozy. That would be worth, that would be a massive sit down of just uttering perpetual depression but on the upside the calgary wranglers are an absolute w and you never know maybe a few of our guys are going to get called over to play for team canada at the worlds over in May. that's true that's that's very um, true um, armstrong and yajerman are ogm <laughs> fred conroy is an assistant general manager for usa hockey mm-hmm. um, uh, unfortunately dube will not be going um yeah, yeah. still due to that to the allegations from the 2016 World Junior Team. Um, but, yeah, hopefully we see some of our players over there. I mean, and then, yeah, Wranglers, like, let's fill up the dome for the Wranglers. Why not? 
Join the herd, baby. Let's go. Yeah. Like, first time, first year here in Calgary, let's – NHL team's not in the playoffs. Let's go and fill up the dome and, and get loud for the Wranglers. That's my plan, at least. Oh, same. I, I signed up for a playoff pass, and Calgary Sports and Entertainment Corporation hasn't emailed me back, but I'm waiting. How much is that? I don't know because they haven't emailed me back, but I but I signed okay. up. I, I signed up and I was like, I want to know everything. Give me everything. Give me all the deeds. Mm-hmm. What a weird season. What a what a brutal like. Just oh my god, this was the most soap opera ish year I've ever lived through, in my opinion. <laughs> and like, another thing I want to say, um, I know I got pretty annoyed and frustrated with a lot of like the people surrounding the flames this year like i mean flames like accounts flames media and just all the up and down like just craziness online but i can't blame people like just sitting here and reminiscing on the season and looking back at it we went through hell this year and it was one of the most emotional like the biggest emotional roller coaster i've ever seen in my life (laughs) (laughs) and I, I know there was times where I just like had to like block myself out of all the media. I was just like, I'm so done with this. I can't hear it anymore, but I don't blame flames fans at all. I mean, what we went through this year was it, it should have been criminal. I mean, it was torture. I blocked them out too. I 100% muted a bunch of accounts and just, I was like, you know what? I, I don't want to hear your suffering. I want to comprehend my own. Like, Sitting watching the game, just the internal thoughts. We're not projecting, just internal. I don't know what the plan is moving forward, and I can't wait for the exit meetings to see if we're going to get an idea of what is to come. And as soon as things are announced, we're going to be sitting here talking about it, and you're going to be getting our raw reactions. Hopefully we grow this offseason the same way we did last offseason. I'm just excited for tonight. I'm excited to see Matt Coronado make his debut. I'm excited to see Dustin Wolf in net. Those two are the future. And probably the reason why we're going to go into next season with some hope because I'm pretty sure they're both going to be regulars. Exactly. Just enjoy it tonight. Um, just soak it all in. I know this game is going to like fly by that snap of a finger, just the last game of the year. But yeah, soak it in. See what Coronado and Wolf can do and, and look ahead to the future pretty much. And just hope that there's one that's labeled in a blueprint that says future. I'm not even, like you said, three to five year plan, right? Which is what normal organizations do. Just tell me what the plan is for next year. True. I, I guess like, I'm getting too hard, too far. Like just, 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 just go in increments because I don't know, man. Like <laughs> this whole thing stems from ownership, right? And ownership isn't getting their pretty penny with playoff revenue this year. So... Changes are probably going to happen, and I don't know what's in store, but just based off what we've seen today in practice, it's just it's seems like there's some sort of idle wind coming in, and because we were in Alberta, I'm going to call it a Chinook. Um, just you know, just going to blow it away, blow it out of the water, blow me away with your decision making in the next seven days, good or bad. I need I need the video evidence of me either. Freaking out or, you know, being giddy. Um, this is depressed giddy is what you're seeing. I'm very excited for tonight, but I'm also very depressed on how this year has ended. Michael Backlund and Blake Coleman won the Peter Mahar Good Guy Award. It was nice. a joint, joint win. All righty. 
That's, I guess, how we're going to end this. That's the last headline of the day. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to wrap it up, hey? All righty. Well, if you guys liked our content, feel free to like, comment, subscribe. It's going to be a hence off-season. So click that subscribe button now so that you can get notified whenever things happen. You can listen to Noah and I's reactions and all that sort of jazz. Hopefully we'll be more up-to-date in the summer and on top of things. I know with school we've been falling behind and haven't been really on top of this too much but hopefully throughout the summer we get back on track and yeah we'll get those headlines out for everybody right away as as best as we can maddie c and uh, wolf i'm just gonna quickly give a little itf good luck so and then whatever noise bison make we're going to look this up. This is how I'm ending the show. We're going to look up what noise bison make. To watch Buffalo, you've got to watch an Expedia commercial. Great. Um... <laughs> Just a growl. <laughs> I'm not doing that on the live air. Have, have, <laughs> have, a, have, a, have a good list. Have a good day, everyone.